is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. I am joined today by someone who is in a different time zone than me right now. Uh, we are both making a sacrifice to get up really early to do this. So, first of all, I'm appreciative. Uh, his name is Omri Miles. He is actually uh, a person I came across uh connected to George Lawson, our sister church uh, from Belcroft. Oh, sorry, I do that every time. Baltimore Bible Church, uh, we're Bel- Belcroft Bible Church. Uh, but I'm appreciative of you getting up so early and, and joining me today, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So can you kind of introduce yourself to folks that don't know who you are? Sure. Uh, my name is Omri, as Buddy said. I am currently located in Arizona in the Phoenix area. Uh, My church is Grace Bible Church, and I'm a pastoral intern here. I've been here for 12 years, and I uh, have the privilege of being on on full-time staff here. And so, uh, yeah, that sort of provided the context uh, for that. Awesome. You you know, you you met me through. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. So, um, Grace Bible Church is that how was how was that how how did you connect with uh George like how how are y'all connected Yeah so uh George and I have a mutual friend well probably several but I met George the first time at the Courageous Churchmen conference in Jupiter Florida mm-hmm. that's put on by Grace Emanuel Bible Church every year Yeah and so uh we've got lots of different connections uh that way that was the first time that I met him a few years ago Gotcha. Cool. So just giving you all some context, uh, George Lawson, another pastor, I forget his name, and then Omri were on, uh, I I watched this YouTube video where they were talking about the subject that we've been talking about for the past uh, couple podcasts, uh, which is uh, critical race theory, uh, Marxism, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, he's had some interesting things to say, but his context is very similar to mine and that's what we're going to kind of uh, uh kind of explore here in this whole podcast so as far as uh your family life what, what's your family life look like yeah so i've been married to emily for eight years and we have four children chloe who's six obadiah four and a half jonas two and ezekiel is one so we have uh <laughs> full hands and uh full quiver life that's right man so uh so in the context of what's happening today um you were kind of given some very good insight uh and it was basically on the black lives matter movement um we have we've talked about it a lot and we have some people that attend our church and that watch a lot of the sermons that are not (laughs) that disagree uh wholeheartedly with what a lot of our pastor says and it's what Matt is saying is biblically based. I can I can speak for that as a member of the church. You know, I haven't seen anything that has not been biblically based. But can you kind of give us an idea of from what you have studied about the Black Lives Matter movement that would make it something to be either to be watching and to be supportive of or to be cautious about? Like, what is your take as someone who uh, is a Christian and is studying uh, the Bible? What What is your take on the movement? Yeah, the the Black Lives Matter movement shouldn't be difficult for the Christian to to discern. Mm-hmm. They've got a website if you're interested in, in knowing 
something what they actually believe uh, beyond clips of, of of protests and those types of things. And there's an a, there's a what we believe page on their site that really bullet points <clears throat> what they're after, uh, the things that they're pursuing. And the organization, apart from its name, Black Lives Matter, is supporting a lot of things and uh, pushing for a lot of things that are unchristian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not what, what we hear are r- words like justice, every Christian's for that, equality, every Christian's for that, Black lives actually do matter, every Christian believes that. And so it, on the face of it, it might sound like something that a Christian can get behind and hashtag and demonstrate solidarity with with them in different ways that they're calling for it. But the uh, movement supports transgender rights. That's a, a huge part of what they're after, transgender rights, uh, women's women's rights in, in unhelpful ways. Uh, it's a ardently pro-choice, pro-abortion movement. And it, it explicitly says in their what we believe section that they are attempting, they desire to dismantle the nuclear family made up of a man, a wife, and children. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're seeking to, to dismember that so that the family becomes more of a communal endeavor. I don't even know. I mean, they they want the, the parents less recognizable. And, hey, we're just a village raising, raising children is, is sort of the idea. Mm-hmm. Obviously, unbiblical. Every everything in scripture opposes that, and so there's so many things that the, the Christians just can't get behind. Second Corinthians six is a helpful passage for believers because that passage gives explicit, uh, explicitly prohibits a believer from joining in partnership with unbelievers, hmm. and so every believer would do do well to to revisit Second Corinthians six fourteen. And following, uh, those just aren't the kind of relationships that we can we can be wow. in solidarity with. Yeah, I want to read that real quick. Second Corinthians six fourteen. Do not be yeah. unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? That's that's good, man. You know, it's funny. I've I haven't heard that scripture yet. And Matt, he usually just. He he's like a, a a water hose. He just throws scriptures at me, but I haven't heard, I haven't picked up on that one. I guess I, I I haven't noticed that he said that one. But that is actually extremely good. And I have this question. Yeah. This question comes up a lot about protesters. Um, should we protest? Should yeah. we uh, go to protests? Is that okay? Um, this would actually. It, it, would you agree that this would actually be the verse that you say, hey, here is the verse. Uh, even though this usually is associated with uh, with marriage, with marriage, which is absolutely is not even about marriage. Right. <laughs> Funny enough, it has implications for that. I think it's, it's valid. Uh, but yeah, the 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 words that are used here, uh, unequally yoked or bound together with unbelievers, what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship mm-hmm. has light with darkness? What harmony has Christ with Belial, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Mm-hmm. What agreement? And, and Paul just goes on and on. I mean, it is <laughs> right. absolutely, it couldn't be clearer 
what Paul is getting after here is don't align yourself with with unbelievers mm-hmm. and with a an explicitly moral endeavor uh, like the things that Black Lives Matter is claiming to pursue mm-hmm. equality, justice, etc. The believer just cannot join in that. And and frankly, if the believer, if the if the Black Lives Matter movement wins, if they get everything they're they're pushing for that they're going after then Christians won't be able, like literally won't be, won't even have the choice of whether or not to align with them. Um, there's a, there's what a it, video online that's. Yeah. It, oh, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. I want you to go back to that point specifically and kind of flesh that out a little bit more. I have a few questions, but go ahead. There's a video online. Well, yeah, there's, there's a, a group of protesters marching by these uh, two guys in this dorm room. Mm-hmm or this apartment and they're like videoing the, these protesters walking by their, their windows and they're like cheering them on. They're excited for them, uh, giving them the thumbs up, thumbs up. And all of a sudden a brick comes through this window right? and they're like, Whoa, Whoa, we're on your side. We're on your side. Uh, and then boom, another uh, brick comes through the other window mm-hmm. and they get louder like, we're on your side. We're on your side. They can't believe this is happening. Um, I, I think that that's a great illustration of what's going to happen before long yeah. with churches that are trying to align with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. They're getting behind them. They're cheering them on in this so-called cause for justice. And it's only a matter of time before... Black Lives Matter seeks to remove uh, the church from the equation. And so wow. true churches won't be able to get behind the Black Lives Matter before long, uh, movement before long. Uh, and we won't even have the choice because the very things that they're pushing for, the church opposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, so, yeah. Uh, well, my question is, you're saying that like true churches won't have a choice. Is that a thing of like, uh, like, like my church is a biblically based church and my pastor from the pulpit several times, uh, in order to protect our folks has been very vocal about the black lives matter movement and has been very clear about what their, uh, objective is and making sure that our folks understand that, uh, is this a thing where we, it's, it's like, we're, we're going to be forced to uh, comply with them. Um, and like, is that what you're saying or what exactly are you saying? Well, we won't have a choice. I'm saying that per, uh, black lives matter are the persecutors or the would be persecutors. Gotcha. They're the ones who so oppose God's righteous law mm-hmm. that any, any group of people, uh, that they can overpower that opposes what they stand for, they'll do it. Hmm. Uh, we're seeing that happening even with the defund the police departments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're gaining traction and accomplishing those things. And so the church being uh, true churches, right? I'm not putting my stamp of approval on, on all churches. I'm not saying every place that calls itself a church, mm-hmm. but churches that are committed to the authority of scripture and committed to obeying God rather than man, mm-hmm. they will be a problem for the black lives matter movement. Churches like ours, right? right? That are, that are saying this is wrong and we can, we can say nothing else, right? This is, we, we can't stand with you. 
they will be the persecutors when uh, when the time comes. If if we see in our country anytime soon uh, the open legalized persecution of the church, it will be the people standing with Black Lives Matter opposing the church. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I never thought of it that way. I I will say that you know once I saw that uh, video that you and uh, the other pastors did, I I looked up uh, Black Lives Matter and I actually read through again some of those things and not just the words but how they worded it. So um, one of the things that they're talking about is we are guarded by the fact that all Black Lives Matter regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, reliefs, religious beliefs or disbeliefs, immigration status or location. And then the next line is so much smaller. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. And then they go back into the, uh, into the black part, but then they include black trans women. And I, I said this before on this podcast, and I want people to be very, very clear. Now, you mentioned it. We actually mentioned it last podcast, but destroying the uh, the, the family is one of the big things that they want to do. Um, where is it at? We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as a, as each other as extended families and villages. One thing that I did was when I read through uh, after... Uh, I heard you all's uh, uh, discussion. I don't see anything, anything about the black man. Mm-hmm. The only yeah, thing that's an excellent observation. The only thing that I did see is kind of indirect when they talk about black trans women, which I wouldn't. I don't know that. I don't know if that's a woman that that's trans <laughs> that's going yeah. into the, the to trying to be a man or a man trying. I don't know which one it is. But that's the only way that it's indirectly spoken of. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great observation, man. And and typically what's interesting is that the uh, supposed victims uh, of police brutality or white violence that have been the platform from which Black Lives Matter has mobilized their, their movement have actually been black men. Mm-hmm. Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, mm-hmm. Ahmed Arbery, George Floyd. Uh, and there are other, there are women in there, right? Sandra Bland Breonna and Taylor. others, but yeah. So, but it's primarily men uh, that they're using as the means of, of being heard. And mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a movement that is, is seeking power. Uh, it's, it's seeking to to overturn the authority, the God ordained authorities, right, uh, that are currently in place by force mm-hmm. is what is what they're doing. No Christian should be a part of that. Proverbs says, uh, "Don't fear, fear Yahweh, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise." Mm. Uh, we we should be a people who can say without any caveats to our governing authorities, we're your best citizens. We submit to you. We honor you. That doesn't mean we agree with everything that they do. That doesn't mean we are in favor of every decision, obviously. 
But when a decision is rendered by our government, we eagerly submit to that. Mm-hmm. That should be the Christian's position. That that should be the church's witness. And clearly Black Lives Matter is not is not that. And so we should ardently oppose any alliance with them. Yeah, that's good. So with this and with being a dad and, um, you know, having having uh, OK, I'll put it like this. I'm my wife is white and my pastor is white <laughs> and I have mixed race children. So how am I supposed to uh, what is what are some best practices? I like to say that in the in the yeah. business world. Uh, in having the conversation with my children and anybody else that would be in here, because you can just imagine that uh, my daughter, we're we're driving to church the other day and uh, someone took it upon themselves to spray paint back Black Lives Matter on the whatever the partition thing is that separates the highway from the rest of the neighborhood. Someone wrote that. She's like, Dad, look, they wrote, somebody wrote Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, don't say someone, dear. Uh, people that were violating the law <laughs> wrote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you know? Kind of got us, and you know, context. I was, I was just kind of hinting at this earlier, but you know, your wife is 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 white as well, correct? Yeah. 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 H- how do how does one have this conversation, especially with mixed race children? Because as black men, uh, and I say that. I say black and white in quotation marks because, you know, on this podcast, I've been very clear about where the terms black and white actually come from. Um, But how do we who are supposed to have that conversation, you know, the talk, as they call it, uh, how does that look from our perspective? And I say Christian before I say uh, black, you know, because my identity is in Christ. So talk through that for us. What's so helpful is that the scriptures are so clear, uh, really in everything that they say, but on this, on this subject of, um, how we should think about ethnicity, how we should think about differences and diversity among us as, as people, particularly within the church, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and within the, our families, it's so clear. And so the instructions that need to be happening between uh, within a marriage, between parents and children, all of those things are, are in the scriptures. Uh, there aren't there. There's not a right way to think about these things that's not included in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so, my wife and I have been have been having discussions, and and it's as I'm sure many people are experiencing whether whether you're like like we are in a multi-ethnic marriage or not, uh, white couples and black couples and everything in between, they're having, we're ha- everybody's having to think about these issues because they're impacting the church, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that uh, obviously men, men need to lead their families in thinking biblically about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when it comes to how we should think about our multi-ethnic family, um, our family, like you said, is, uh, or and not and not family necessarily, but our family, we're, we're going to get our authority from the scripture. So we're going to 
aim at Christian first mm-hmm. uh, and black and white or whatever else. Um, those things actually, the way we think about our ethnicity, our skin color, that's going to be submitted to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've had lots of conversations with Emily recently about how she should be thinking mm-hmm. about this, how she should feel. Um, do you need to carry the weight of wrong things that white people do to black people? Uh, do you need to feel guilty? Do you need to uh, apologize? How do you, how do we need to seek to sympathize with people who are, are hurting, those types of things? We're having those conversations. Um, right now, what I see is white people are being told this is uh this is your problem this is your fault you have privilege it needs to be renounced you need to acknowledge uh racism racism racial tendencies racisms whatever that that you have that you can't see and those types of things there i don't want to excuse anybody categorically from racism mm-hmm. right it would be wrong for me to say oh white people aren't racist or black people aren't racist and draw those kind of overarching uh, statements. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly, you know, what, what I have particularly in mind is our family, our church here. Mm-hmm. Racism is not an issue. Right. It's just not an issue. Mm-hmm. There are, I've been here for 12 years, and there are white families, uh, black families, multi-ethnic families, Hispanic people, Asian families. I mean, who who have like loved me and my kids and my wife and then me as a single guy indiscriminately. Mm-hmm. I don't need to reread and reinterpret all of those relationships as if they have had some sinister uh, subconscious bias going on all of this time towards me. And people who look like me. Mm. Why? Yeah. Uh, people like my wife included, right? Who have loved others indiscriminately and who have actually intentionally pursued biblical love, love of the brethren, impartial, uh, sincere, as scripture says. If they've been pursuing those things on purpose, as they've been taught to do from the pulpit mm-hmm. week after week, yeah. Why do I need to, you know, oppose? Actually, do what Paul says not to do in First Corinthians seven: love hopes all things, believes all things. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to to stop practicing that for myself and stop believing and hoping all things, and now ascribe? Uh, second guess their motives, ascribe the worst to their motives and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And it seems that white people generally are being told from voices outside of, of the church primarily. And then those voices within the church that have agreed to that unbiblical thinking Mm -hmm. that no, you need to actually re-examine, you need to doubt further than re-examine, you need to doubt your sincere love that you've been displaying Mm. all this time. And you need to now assume that you're racist in some way, maybe it's less sinister than 
the KKK, wow. then you need to assume you have some underlying unconscious biases mm-hmm. and you need to apologize. And listen, <laughs> that's not biblical. What what passage is going to show us that that's happening? Right. That that's the the um, set of actions that need to be taken. That's the, the type of thinking that Christians should have. It's just not in scripture. Mm-hmm. And as much pressure as is coming on the church from outside of the church uh, to think that way, we just need to stand with scripture and say, I submit to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the head of the church and that's where my submission goes. And so if you can demonstrate for me where I'm thinking wrongly, then I'll gladly submit to that. And if not, then I have to oppose what you're saying. Man, that so that's that's good. That's so good. I'm telling you. And and I never thought that way. Um, and we, we literally have like three minutes left here. Um, I never thought of it in that way from that perspective, because uh, I'm just dealing with people that disagree with me as a quote unquote black person that doesn't align with the movement of Black Lives Matter. But I never thought about uh, as deep as you have just explained how that will affect you know, uh, uh, the other side, white people. Um, I, I do want to also point out that it's only a black and white thing. Apparently <laughs> it's only white yeah. privilege. You know, it's not Asian yeah. privilege. It's not Latino privilege. It's not uh Slavovic privilege. I mean, it's just stri- <laughs> like strictly just black and, and white privilege. So, um, man, that, that is good. I'm, I'm that's going to be on replay for a while for me, man. Cause you know, that's a very good perspective. Since we have a few minutes left, what I usually do, and uh, I, I want you to do this off the cuff in about a minute and a half, if you could, uh, can you give me uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. We'd love to. The gospel is the good news of Jesus that is the solution for the terrible bad news. All men are sinful. We are hopelessly sinful. We have offended God. And we are accountable, as Ecclesiastes uh, 13 indicates, uh, or 12, 13, and 14 indicate that all men, all works will be judged eventually by a just God. That's a problem for sinful men. God, because he loves to be known for his mercy and patience and grace and long-suffering towards sinners, Uh, eagerly, willingly sent his son, Jesus, God in the flesh, perfectly man who lived a perfect life and endured the perfect wrath of God, the just wrath of God on behalf of every single sinner, past, present, and future who would ever believe in him and accept his uh, singular atoning death and resurrection as the only means by which man can be reconciled to God. That is the only hope that we have. And God willingly, generously pours out his uh, impartial grace on anyone who repents and believes in Jesus. And that's the gospel. Amen, brother. Uh, That was, this is a good conversation, man. Uh, I wish we had a little bit more time. But since it's early in the morning, I got to get to work (laughs) and you probably need to take a nap later on today because you're up so early. But I really appreciate you coming on and having a conversation with me, man. And uh, this will be uh, this will be amazing. I'm going to hopefully put this up this coming week, uh, which, you know, people will be able to hear. So 
Thank you all for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, please email us at the Truth Talks podcast at gmail.com. Look forward to having you all to listen to some more. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.